welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. My title today is Jesus is Coming Back. Are you excited about that? I'm excited about Jesus coming. I, I visualize myself just dancing all over the place whenever I think about Jesus coming back. You don't want to see it. It would be an ugly sight. But I, I just see myself dancing because it's, it's exciting. And I can remember a time in my Christian walk where it wasn't necessarily all that exciting to me. How many of you have, have had these thoughts? Oh, I hope he waits until I've graduated from high school. Uh, anybody had that? How many of you have ever thought, oh, I hope he waits till I can get married. Or I wait till I can have kids. And then after you've had your kids, you thought, well, I'm not too sure I should have prayed that one. <laughs> but, you know, there's always things sometimes here on earth as to why we don't want Jesus to come back. But we're in a world today, I think most of us can get a little more excited about Jesus coming back. I don't know if he's coming back today, but he could. I don't know that there's anything left to be fulfilled in prophecy, in scripture for Jesus to come back. I'm going to explain that a little further in just a moment. There are some things I think that need to take place yet for Jesus to make his second coming. And so as I talk through some things today, you know, there's many facets on this topic. There's many opinions and there's just as many theological stances uh, that encompass this topic of Jesus coming back. Uh, there's many questions, uh, but there are many things in Scripture that are answered for us that are uh, really non-debatable items, and we want to talk about some of those things this morning. Uh, but there are some that are, have different beliefs and different opinions, different interpretations on particular issues, and as we go through this this morning, I'll touch on some of those things. The first thing I want to point out is, as I was really talking about, the difference between Jesus' return to get his bride, or what's referred to as the rapture of the church, the catching away of his children. You know, the word rapture technically is not in Scripture, but it is a word that defines the catching away. And so that's what I'm talking about this morning. I'm not talking about this morning the second coming of Christ. There is a difference between the rapture of the church. I want you to understand that this morning. There's a difference between the rapture of the church, the catching away of all of us who have called upon the name of Jesus Christ and the second coming of Christ where he actually comes to the earth and sets up his kingdom. He judges the uh, lie, the, those living and the dead and he will set up his kingdom. He brings in the new heaven and the new earth. I'm not talking about the second coming this morning. I'm talking about the rapture of the church. Jesus is coming back. And I'm looking forward to it. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't necessarily under, understand everything uh, concerning the end times. You know, there's a, the pre-tribulation, pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. You know, I used to have definite opinions on all of that the older i've gotten i used to definitely believe in pre-tribulation i think that's where most people stand but uh, really the older i get i'm really leaning more towards mid-trib but i don't know I, I just don't know and so some of those things i'm not going to necessarily get into this morning uh, whether it's pre-trib or not i do know one thing it's going to be pre-wrath take comfort in that it will be pre-wrath does that make sense it's going to be pre-wrath, and I'm looking forward to that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
You know, I don't know uh, things about the seven years of tribulation. I don't understand all of that. You know, it's supposed to be three and a half good and three and a half bad. I don't understand how you can have three and a half good tribulation. But that's what it, the word says that we'll have. So, and are we in that now? You know, I don't know. I, I think it could possibly be. I really don't know all of those kind of details. But there again, I'm talking this morning about the rapture of the church, the catching away of his bride, the taking of his saints. Hallelujah. There's a, a lot of interesting things going on right now, wouldn't you say? That's one way to put it. A lot of interesting things taking place here in 2020. And most of what we're seeing is what eventually transpires when culture attempts to eliminate the only true and living God. You know, that's what's taking place today. That's why things are so chaotic. That's why the nightly news is so bizarre is because down through the years, it has gradually, slowly, but surely on a consistent basis, been a system an agenda to eliminate God from our culture. And that's what you wind up with whenever that is what you do. When we eliminate God, it's going to bring chaos. And chaos and lawlessness is exactly what we have today. There's uh, some things that have been transpiring culturally. Like this week I saw where Instagram has uh, branded Christian worship as harmful. Did any of you see that? Christian worship has been branded by Instagram as harmful. Twitter has also been uh, banning uh, tweets that include either banning or putting a disclaimer on tweets that include scripture verses uh, on peace. Can you imagine that? Scripture verses that deal with peace they have put a disclaimer on some. They've even banned some uh, on the disclaimer. It says this tweet may include sensitive content. Interesting times we're living in. How about this one? The Dixie Chicks have changed their name to just the Chicks. To me, that's more offensive than Dixie. I tell you, things are getting... Here's the one that gets me the most. This one gets me the most. Elmer Fudd is having his gun taken away from him. <laughs> Yosemite Sam, Sam can no longer carry his pistol. I mean, what are we coming to? This is bizarre. This is silliness. It is just crazy. I mean, Elmer Fudd without his gun. That's like Don Vanellick without a golf club, man. It's, it's like Charlie Whistler without a joke. It's just, <laughs> it's getting bizarre. I don't understand what's going on. This past Thursday, you probably saw in the news that the statue of Christopher Columbus was torn down in the California State Capitol building. Christopher Columbus, the one who founded the United States of America or discovered America. Praise the Lord. I don't know what is happening. In the end, it will all transpire exactly as he says that it will. That's where we have to take hope. Hey, don't get caught up in all the bizarreness. It is bizarre. It's hard to figure out. But don't get caught up in that. Everything is falling right into place for the end times. We should rejoice in that. We should take pleasure in that. And we should not be anxious about what is going on. I think of my grandkids. My kids and my grandkids. Here they are, some of them, on the front row here this morning. And I think, oh, I... 
such, such a future for them. But yet, at the same time, all of this end time stuff, I don't want them to be anxious. I want them to be excited about Jesus is coming back. I do. Are you excited about Jesus coming back? You need to be. You need to be excited about that. Hallelujah. Let's take a look at some scriptures. In John 14, 1 through 3, it says this. Let not your heart be troubled. Just what I was talking about. Don't let your heart be troubled by what is going on in the world. Don't let your heart. Who has the responsibility here to not let your heart be troubled? He's telling you and I, don't let your heart. I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. Oh, does some of this stuff bug me? Yes, it bugs me. I'm not going to be troubled by it. You know why? Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is telling us in this story that he's coming back. You see, the Jewish tradition in a wedding was this. That the potential bridegroom would go to his potential bride and he would propose to her and if she accepted then he would give her gifts he would give her substantial gifts he would give her monetary gifts he would give her stuff and then he would go away and prepare a place for her now the reason he gave her substantial stuff was to sustain her while he was gone it was his responsibility once she accepted, it was really the same as marriage. It was his responsibility to support her while he went away. I think it's very interesting that in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that Jesus gave us gifts. And then he lifts what those gifts are. Apostle, evangelist, pastor, prophet, and teacher. He has given the church gifts. Isn't that cool? So, the bridegroom gives his future bride gifts and then he goes away and he prepares a place for her and but he says i'm coming back hallelujah you know what jesus is doing right now he's preparing a place for us hallelujah he is coming back hallelujah i'm excited about that here's an interesting detail that we have in john chapter 20 verses 6 and 7 it says then simon peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief or some interpret that as a napkin that had been around his head not lying with the linen cloths but folded together in a place by itself now many of you maybe have heard me teach on this before or you've heard it elsewhere the jewish tradition was as they went to a dinner they would be sitting there, and if, if you got up to go to the restroom or you got up to meet someone at the door, or if you got up from your meal, for whatever reason, if you was not finished, you simply threw your napkin down. But if you finished your meal and you was completely done, when you got up and left, you would fold your napkin up. Do I have that right or do I have that backward? I, got, I, got, I have that backward. If you were coming back, I'm sorry, if you were coming back, you would fold your napkin up 
and place it back down. So, if you were not coming back, you would simply throw your napkin down. If you were coming back, you folded it up. So what do they find when they go to the tomb of Jesus? They find that the napkin is folded. What does that mean? I'm coming back. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. Praise the Lord. And I don't know if everything that we're in these days since 2020, isn't it interesting 2020, we think of 2020 vision. I don't know if there's been very many people who saw 2020, what was coming for 2020. Not very many, I, even prophetic kind of people. I haven't heard very many of them who made mention about what we were going to be dealing with here in 2020. It's pretty interesting. I don't necessarily care for it, but I'm telling you this, I'm excited about what's going on. I really am. Because Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5 talks about what I had mentioned about him leaving us. No, that, that's uh, about the husband. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Let's take a look at that. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That is one thing that he is waiting for the church to become. We are to become without spot or wrinkle. What does that mean? That means that you and I, we really need to get serious. We need to get serious about walking in holiness. We need to get serious about walking in obedience. We need to get serious about being the bride of Christ that we're supposed to be. We're, it's time for us to rise up and to live a holy, righteous life. And to be that church. I don't know how he's going to bring all that together. It's going to take a miracle. But that's what God does. He does miraculous things. Hallelujah. We are to be a bride. Without spot or wrinkle. Praise the Lord. Some other things. Find my notes here again. A couple other things I wanted to mention here that are taking place here in America. Did you see where the BLM activists, that's the Black Lives Matter activists. Let me first say that Black Lives Matter, you know that phrase, that's a, that's a fine phrase. That's, but do you know that there's an organization, BLM, Black Lives Matter, that's not good? It is not a good organization. If you want to look up their bylaws, if you want to look up their uh, purpose, you'll find out that it is totally anti-Christ, it is anti-God, it is anti-Christian, uh, it is a very bad organization. The slogan, Black Lives Matter, that's a good slogan. And all lives matter, that counts too. But yeah, black lives do matter. But right here, Black Lives, uh, black lives Matter activist Sean King, he calls for the destruction of Jesus Christ statues and the destruction of churches. Maybe you heard that this week. I think persecution is right around the corner for the American church. I really do. Are things going to get better? I, I really don't know at this point. I hope that they do. I pray that they do. But I think that, you know, the church in America has not had perse persecution for the most part. Most of us do not, do not really know what real Christian persecution really is. But I think it could be around the corner. Statues being torn down. 
is exactly what happened in Venezuela before socialism took over and ruined a country. Uh, defunding the police. Defunding the police is exactly what happened in Germany before Hitler took over. Do you know now that on your Android or your iPhone, uh, they have now made it possible to track you and to have record of you as to whether you have or have had COVID-19 or if you are in the vicinity of someone who has or has it. Are you aware of that? You can go to settings on your phone, then privacy, then health, and there you see it. COVID-19, exposure logging, off or on. Check it out sometime. 5G networking is coming and it will pretty much eliminate our privacy as far as our location. I've uh, read articles on this to confirm that. I've also heard rumors. I've not confirmed this one, but I have heard rumors that 5G will re require six feet of spacing for them to be able to track you. Isn't that interesting? Six feet. Now, where are they headed? With all this, you know, I don't know. Don't know where they're headed with all this. But we do know that in the end times, there's going to be a mark of the beast. There's going to be a mark, a number that you have to take in order for you to buy and sell. There will have to be an agenda, a process that will have to take place for us to get there. But I think that that agenda and that process is well underway. But don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by any agendas. What is truth when it comes to statistics and information? Don't believe everything you hear on the nightly news. Please. Get your news from Christian sources like CBN, which is the Christian Broadcasting Network, or TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, or Charisma News, or PragerU, or Blaze TV, or Jack... Hibbs, is that Jack Hibbs? Jack Hibbs. In our local authority, you can get news from Peter Heck up here at Greentown. There's Christian resources for us to get our news from. So will the church rise up? Will she take her rightful position? I hope she does, because we need to see revival in the land, don't we? Amen. You know, we don't need a black agenda. We don't need a white agenda. We need God's agenda. Hallelujah. And it, this is no time to shrink back and to be in fear. It's no time to be worrisome. We need to know who our God is. Hallelujah. It's time for us to spring forward in faith. It's not a time for us to be hiding. It's a time for us to be launching out. This is not a time to hide your light. This is a time for you to allow your light to shine in a world of darkness. Hallelujah. We need to be a lit city on a hill. We need to be lit. Hallelujah. In the end, it will all transpire exactly like he has said it will. Praise the Lord. But we have to be diligent. We have to be faithful. We need to persevere to the end. But take heart. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. An empty tomb. In Matthew 25, it says this. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour 
in which the Son of Man is coming. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 5, it says this, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. You are not of the night or of the darkness. What that is saying here is that we will not know the day or the hour. Those who have set dates, who have said that it's going to happen, it has to happen in 1988. Uh, do you remember that one? There's 88 reasons why the, uh, Jesus will return in, in 1988. Uh, it didn't happen. There's been a lot of dates set. We don't know the day nor the hour, but we do know the season. And if you cannot look around the world today, especially right here in America right now where we are living right here in our back door, if you can't look around and know what the season is, please wake up. Because there are many, many things pointing towards the end of the age. But take heart. What? Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. I'm glad. And you know, some people, they don't, they don't believe that. They, I'll get to that in a moment. Matthew 4, uh, 24. Boy, go, go home today and read the entire chapter of Matthew 24 and 25. It's excellent, excellent stuff. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. That's one thing I want to get through to you this morning. Please be ready. Are you ready for his return? It could come at any moment. Are you ready for him to return? Yes, it's great news that he's coming unless you're not ready. Please be ready. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. As I look around, I would assume most everybody in here has. If you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do that. Receive him as your Lord and Savior so that you can spend eternity in heaven instead of eternity in hell. But also, be prepared. Be looking for him. Be looking towards that eastern sky. Be anxious for his return because if you're not looking towards those things you probably have your eyes on things here upon this earth be ready luke 21 says this and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when they, these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. Now as I started to say a while ago, there are people who says, oh yeah, yeah, we've heard that forever. We've heard that for years and nothing has ever taken place. Well, I understand that attitude, but there's one problem with that attitude there's one problem with that mindset of yeah yeah we've heard that forever you know what the problem is jesus is coming back 
That's the problem with that mentality. Think about that for a moment. That's a problem if you think he's not coming back because, oh, they've been saying that forever. He is coming back. And he's coming back as a thief. And don't be caught off guard. Because Jesus, hallelujah, is coming back. 2 Peter 3 says this in the third and fourth verse. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. Don't be a scoffer. That's what you are if you say that Jesus, well, he says he's coming back. But here it's been 2,000 years and nothing has happened yet. You're a scoffer if you have that attitude. There will be scoffers who come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. We've heard that forever mentality. They will find themselves unprepared. Most of you know we're going to read through it quickly here about the ten virgins with lampstands. Matthew 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins around arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is a stern warning to all of us. Be ready. Have your house in order. Get your stuff together and be prepared. Make sure that you have hearts where they're supposed to be. Make sure that you are looking to the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Be sure that in every situation, in every single day, you are looking to him. Have yourself ready because it is coming. And I don't want anybody to be caught off guard. You know what I want? Whenever the first load goes out, man, I want to be on it. And I want to be looking around and all my harmony friends, brothers and sisters in Christ are right there with me going up. That's whenever I'll think, well done, good and faithful servant. This is, these are the days, I'm telling you folks, these are the days that I have been trying to prepare all of you for, for nearly 15 years. We are in a day like never before. And grandkids, one, two, three, there's my four granddaughters. Don't you ever fear what's going on in this world today. There is nothing for you to fear because God is in control. It may not look like he's in control, but he is in perfect control. Everything is falling right into place like he said that it would. And you are in the palm of his hand and he will take care of you. Every need that you ever have, he will supply. He will protect you from the snare of the fowler. 
He will keep you from the pestilence. It shall not come near your door. Psalm 91. He will watch over you and he will bless you. And I speak blessing over you. Hallelujah. God's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of all of us whenever we look to him. And we trust in him and we rely on him. And we are excited. Have you ever not seen someone for a long, long time? And then you finally see him and there's no excitement there <laughs> that you are seeing each other again. It's like, well, I guess it wasn't a big deal to them that I was gone. We don't want to be that way when Jesus comes back. Man, we don't hooping and hollering and having a, a great time. Do you know what's going on here, Chad? I think my knee's popping. Okay. Matthew 24 says this. When Jesus returns, it shall be as the day of Noah. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood, there were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the son of man be. Let's take a look here at what's taking place in Noah. Do you realize that it had never rained upon the face of the earth at that time? There was a greenhouse effect from when God first created the, the, the world. And so it had not rained. So whenever Noah is out here building this monstrosity of a contraption, I mean, they couldn't figure out what it was. They had never seen a boat. They had never seen the need for it. So he's building this monstrosity of a thing out in the middle of dry land. And so he's telling them, you better get ready. He's, there's, there's something coming. And they all scoffed at him. They made fun of him. I think a lot of people are making fun of the church today. But let me guarantee you. Those floodwaters came. And Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Have your house prepared. Have your heart prepared. Praise the Lord. We need to know and understand the signs of the time. Things like what we are seeing in, in America today. The COVID-19. The unrest. The violence. The lawlessness. The racism. You know there's three major things that are taking place now. That the Bible tells us will happen in the end times. Lawlessness. Violence. And the third one is the apostasy of the church. Apostasy is the abandonment or the renunciation. And you know that's taking place. There are many people who are beginning, who have so-called so been believers before, who are now renouncing their faith in Jesus Christ. There are many churches who no longer follow the guidelines of the Bible. They're renouncing. There's an apostasy of the church. And we most definitely, obviously, see lawlessness and violence. Those things are taking place just as the Bible said. We as believers in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who is the Savior of the world. He lived. He died. He is resurrected. He ascended. And he's returning to rapture and capture his bride. Hallelujah. And he'll judge the living and the dead. And, you know, we need to have more than just dialogue with people. We need to have a, 
a proclamation on the inside of us because Jesus Christ is the good news. Hallelujah. Let's take a look at some random scriptures. Matthew 16 says this, Then the, then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. It's amazing if you read that whole context. The chapter before, he had just uh, healed a demon-possessed girl. And he had fed the 4,000. And then the Pharisees come and say, will you give us a sign? He answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. Any of you heard the saying, red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in the morning, sailor take warning. I got it from the Bible. Right there it is. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Here again, let me just make this emphasis to you. Are you ready for his return? He says there's going to be a sign, the sign of Jonah. What is that sign? Jonah went into the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. Jesus went into the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. That is the sign. Has that happened? Yes. Hallelujah. Jesus went into the tomb and he was resurrected. Our God is the only God who is alive. He's the only true and living God. Get that over to your kids and your grandkids. Jesus is alive and he's coming back. And it's not something, what's going on today is not something to fear. It's something to rejoice in. Do we have to like what's going on? I'm not saying we have to like it. But let's still rejoice in it and know that our Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Second Thessalonians. Amen. Second Thessalonians 2.3 says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. The devil is getting closer and closer to revealing himself in person. He's revealing his activity, but he will be revealing himself as a person soon. But don't be deceived. Many uh, use this scripture to claim that Jesus' return must take place within our generation today. Matthew 24, 32 says this. Now, learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. And as I said, many people use that scripture that this is the generation, our those of us who are upon the face of the earth now, because the fig tree is a representation of Israel. Israel was, became a state May 15th, I believe it was, uh, May 14th, uh, 1948. And so within the generations of May of 1948, people believe that it's this group of people who they will not pass away before we see the return of Jesus Christ. Could it be within reach of every single person that's here in this room? I believe it could be. 
We, we don't know, we, we, but we should know the signs, amen? We should know the signs of the times. And the signs sure look pretty positive. Matthew 24 says this, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus is going to appear in that eastern sky. I'm looking forward to it. In fact, I even started a, a little thing that I do every morning now. I get up and I walk to our slider door which faces the east and I look to that eastern sky. Hallelujah. Are you looking to the eastern sky? Do you know, many of you know this, some of you might not, that we have a tradition here in Indiana and it goes into some other states as well, that whenever we are put into the tomb, into a cemetery, our head goes to the west. Why do we do that? So that whenever Jesus comes to that eastern sky, we rise up and we're facing the east. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you, Jesus is coming back. Praise the Lord. First Thessalonians 4. A lot of scripture we're going through, but it says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him those who sleep in Jesus. That reminds me of 1 Corinthians 15, 55, where it says, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Do you know whenever we die, don't, don't fear death because it's nothing to fear. It has no victory over us if you are in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you are in Christ, there's nothing to fear about death. But those who have died, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Then verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Are you looking for that? That's the catching up. That's the rapture of the church that that's explaining right there. The dead in Christ who are in the tombs, they are going to rise first. They will go and then we will meet all of them in the air with, Lord, with the Lord Jesus Christ. He will take us to heaven. And then on down the road at some point, all of us will come back with him, his saints, with the King of kings and the Lord of lords coming back to this earth for his second coming. Praise the Lord. That is the catching away, the rapture of the church. I don't understand all of that. I don't understand how that's going to happen. I don't know exactly how some of that stuff's going to take place. It has a lot of different things that causes us to have questions. And some of those things have definitive answers. Some of them, uh, we don't have such definitive answers. Some of that stuff is speculation. Or some of that stuff, we just have to say, I don't know. I just don't know how it's going to work. Because, you know, we see through a glass darkly, is what 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve says. We're going to have questions that go along these lines. Do we go immediately? Where do we go immediately after death? What will our resurrected bodies be like? Will we recognize each other? What age will I be in heaven? What is heaven going to be like? 
all sorts of different questions. What if my left arm didn't get under the water when I was baptized? Will I be in heaven without it? What if I <coughs> have an amputation? Will I be in heaven without whatever was amputated? Rex and Brittany's neighbor, Bob Lang, lives across the road from him. He cut half of his finger off with a table saw. And he jokingly says, he doesn't say, give me five. He said, give me four and a half. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he's going to be able to give him five in heaven. Hallelujah. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. And I know you're trying to get me to go there this morning to answer some of those questions. But I'm not going to do it because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus is coming back this morning. Praise the Lord. Maybe on down the road, that would be a good message to have to answer some of those questions. Would you like to hear some of that maybe? Some questions answered on some of that. Yearning. I want to talk to you here as we kind of go towards the end of this message. Yearning for what lies ahead. Romans 8. I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Do you sense the yearning in these scriptures? For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. Do you yearn for his return? Maybe it happens with age. I don't know. I'm just to the place where I am yearning for the return of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Do not love this world. First John 2. I know it's a lot of scripture, but stick with me. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. There is where we get hung up by not having a yearning because we have a love for this world. We are given all things to enjoy in this world. That's 1 Timothy 6, 17. It says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I want to enjoy the things that he has given to me here upon the earth. I want to enjoy them, but I'm not going to love them. I'm not going to love because if I love them, I'm going to want to hang on to them. And there ain't anybody that's going to take any of that stuff with you. I yearn for his coming and I'm not going to hang on to this stuff. All of that stuff can go at any moment. I'm ready to receive him. Hallelujah. Philippians 3.20 for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we're not of this world, are we? The Passion Translation says this, my divinely loved Friends, since you are resident aliens and foreigners in this world, I appeal, appeal to you to divorce yourselves from the evil desires that wage war within you. Now, I don't want to be an escapist. 
I don't want to be a person who says, oh, come, Lord Jesus, get us out of this mess. I don't want to be that kind of a person because there are things for us to do here. But at the same time, I want to eagerly look forward the return of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I think there's a proper balance in all that. The signs of the times are falling right into place. And I sense sometimes when I'm talking to people a real anxiousness, a, a, a worrisome attitude, a, a questioning. And I really, I don't want any of you to be worried. Will you, will you commit with me this morning? I am not going to worry about what is going on in this world. I don't like what's going on in this world any better than any, any more than anybody does. But I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to fret about it because Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Carly, where are you here? You want to come up? As we close out this morning, if there would be anyone here this morning who needs to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's never a better time than right now. You know, you may have been coming to church here for many, many years. But you've really never made that commitment to Jesus Christ. If you don't know that whenever Jesus comes back, that you're going to be part of us who's going to meet him in the air. If you don't know that this morning, would you raise your hand and say, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't want there to be any doubt as to whether I'm going on that first load. Would you raise your hand and say, I need to receive Jesus Christ this morning. Is there anybody here? It falls under that category. Okay, that's good. So, whenever Jackie and I is holding hands and we're going up into the sky to meet Jesus, I'm going to look around and see every one of you as well. Isn't that going to be glorious? Because Jesus is coming back. And as you're going through your daily routine, as you see riots, as you see lewdness, as you see lawlessness, know that Jesus is coming back.